we have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order, a world where the rule of law, not the law of the jungle, governs the conduct of nations. When we are successful, and we will be, we have a real chance at this new world order, an order in which a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping role to fulfill the promise and vision of the UN's founders. if we did leave. All right, folks, welcome back to the Animal Farm here on the Revere Radio Network. I'm your host, Ben Miller, formerly known as FX. I'm chilling with my homie and co-host, Tony Pax. Hello, Ben. And, of course, we always got Pyeth on the board bringing the funny. Hello, Pyeth. Tonight, we're going to talk about the infamous H.R. 1955 bill, in which they're literally trying to shut us down, literally trying to classify us as terrorists. We're also going to get into uh, some Ron Paul news uh, some more police state news, and also uh, we've got another CPS horror story where they're trying to take away a kid because his parents won't teach him about homosexual homosexuality. Uh, but first I want to give a shout-out to my lovely lady Jill, who's uh, in the hospital right now recovering from open-heart surgery. Hey, baby. Hey, baby. <laughs> so she's recovering nicely, uh, but if everybody wants to send her your prayers and your, your well wishes, that'd be much appreciated on this end. Get better, Hello? Jill. Get better. Mm-hmm. So first we're going to start off we have this we have this uh this clip right here from Fox News where they're <laughs> what are they saying are they saying that yeah uh leave it up to Fox News to turn you know obviously everybody's heard of the fires in San Diego we've you know it's terrible it's probably the worst it's ever been according to what I've heard but uh you know watching Fox News and just trying to get some coverage <laughs> and leave it up to Fox fire, News the spin fire, fire, network fire, of the fire, world fire. to um to to find any way to incorporate the threat of terrorism into this and I'm not kidding folks I was watching it at first they were talking about the apparent incident where the biker was trying to light extra fires I'm not really sure I haven't heard anything update on that one yet but sure enough before you know it they're bringing out some FBI statement saying that uh, terrorism was going to be used for mass fires and don't listen to me. Listen to it yourselves. Um, the CHP, California Highway Patrol, which is also our state police, their helicopter was flying in the area because there's been reports of looting. They did capture one guy this, tonight looting. As they were flying, I believe this happened yesterday. They're trying to confirm what day it was. If it was yesterday or the day before. As they were flying, the helicopter spotted a man on a Harley-Davidson motorcycle lighting a hillside on fire. Oh, oh my gosh. It gets better. They ca- they called down. There was a unit not far away, and they got him. Wow. So we don't know. If, we don't know if this is the guy that started this fire. We do know he started a fire here, and the CHP helicopter spotted him, and they got him. Um, we're trying to get more information on it. Right. I don't even believe that's been out in the news yet. 
Well, that was fantastic that's, news when we heard that. That's incredible, Adam. Sure. And, Adam, as we look at some of these heartbreaking pictures of people's, uh, people's entire lives going up in, in flame with their homes destroyed and pictures inside and family memories and everything, the kids' toys and all that stuff, we know that at least one of the fires was started when a high-tension wire touched some dry brush, and that started one. But another- so, so they couldn't help themselves. Here they go. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah, they couldn't help themselves by, by talking about terrorism. Here we go. A number of these others, this goes back to your earlier point where they saw this guy starting the fire. A, a couple of other fires have apparently were started by arsonists. H- has there right. been any, I've heard some people talk about this a, a little bit, just to me, but have you heard anybody suggest this could be some sort of, some form of terrorism? We, you know, we, we actually, it's funny you mentioned that, Steve, we have, a, you know, on, on foxnews.com, uh, to give us so he goes on, and the reporter. Funny you mentioned that. The reporter, Steve. yeah, the reporter that calls in apparently, you know, he's saying, "Oh, on my blog, several of the the bloggers have told me about the terrorism threat." And, you know, he goes on about his blog for about I don't know about five minutes of broadcast time. Finally, they resume on another broadcast, and they continue, and and it elevates the idea here is that it, it escalates and it elevates more and more. Where Fox News is really starting to take this idea that terrorism could have been involved in in this in the, in the fires. Here, that they, is they, unbelievable, they, man. <laughs> All right. Uh, you're looking live at pictures from uh, Santiago, uh, Santiago, California, uh, where the wildfires continue. Wow. And we were talking earlier in today's telecast with uh, Adam Housley, and apparently uh, police officers in a hovering helicopter saw a guy starting one of these fires. And Allison Camerata, uh, an FBI memo from early, uh, from late in June of this year is popping up this morning, and it's ominous. Well, this actually has happened for many years in the past as well. So they dig up this FBI, I guess it's a memo or or some kind of document. An FBI memo sent out to local law enforcement said that an al-Qaeda detainee had given them some information that the next wave of terrorism could be in the form of setting wildfires. Oh, wow, I tell you, those al-Qaeda... Those Al-Qaeda, they're, they're real tricky, I tell you. Hold on, here we go. Adam Housley raised the specter of it. He said lots of people on his blog were asking him about it. Obviously, this is something the FBI has looked into, and uh, they will continue to investigate. Yeah, well, the amazing ju- thing is that if they have this person in custody, it probably won't take sure. long to be able to develop a link if there is one. Yeah, it was a June 25th memo uh, right. from the FBI's Denver offices. It was reported uh, three days ago, excuse me, five days ago, by the Arizona Republic. Uh, that was in the newspaper. They, well, they carried this story, and they continue to expand on it. Brian, the plot, they say, according to this detainee, and they don't know if the detainee is telling sure. the truth or if he's just uh, lying. Um, the plot was to set three or four wildfires, but they don't mention <laughs> California. They mention Colorado, Montana, Utah, and Wyoming. And yet we do know for a fact that uh, a number of the fires out in Southern California are of a suspicious nature, and they are investigating arson. So it, it goes on. I, I'm not even sure if I can stomach it. And for, for those... <laughs> <laughs> I like nonsense. It wakes up the brain cells. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know whether to laugh or you know, to break something. It really, it's, it's difficult to... Uh, you know, when you're watching this, you expect stuff like this out of Fox News, but not after it's it, the It's okay for us to laugh, but once not, we start yeah. realizing that people actually take this stuff seriously then it's yeah. not funny as 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 anybody else heard that gumball machines could be terror targets that was a while ago that was a long time ago. I, I have the clip right here oh yeah it's, play it's it. gumball machines they're usually associated with youth and innocence probably the worst thing that could happen maybe a cavity or two for your child 
not apparently anymore. CBS 2's Christine Sloan tells us officials worry gumballs may be used for something much more sinister. Oh, my God. Yeah. Dover, New Jersey is less than an hour away from Manhattan, but here in this suburban town, officials say they worry their gumball and candy machines could be targeted by terrorists. In light of <laughs> Homeland Security and what is going on in today's world, I think the worst-case scenario would be that, yes. Would be what? A terrorist attack in the worst-case scenario. The thought of colorful, chewy treats loved by kids, including this little girl being poisoned by terrorists, has her grandmother concerned. I'm afraid now. Even though Homeland Security officials say there is no specific threat to gumball machines. Anything's possible nowadays. I don't think the terrorists are looking at gumball machines. I think they're, they're looking at other, uh, other potential targets, possibly, but not gumball. But a committee of town officials is now inspecting coin-operated machines to make sure they're properly registered. Already, they found more than 103 are not licensed. We would know who owns the machine, and we would know where the food product that's going in there is coming from. Many Unlicensed gumball machines. Yeah, I tell you, it's uh, it's so dangerous. What a dangerous world we live in oh, with the gumball machines. Good grief. The border is wide open. We cannot secure our borders, but we're worried about... And there's actually reports on the news, on Fox News, about gumball machines being manipulated by terrorists against kids. Hey, kids! <laughs> well, <here's, laughs> Speaking of Fox News, here's here's a, a bunch of Fox... A compilation of Fox News clips that also show them... Spreading fear and terror through the world. And... Yes. <laughs> We've got an unusual terror warning from the feds to tell you about. Fox News has obtained an FBI bulletin that warns terrorists could use pen guns, just like in James Bond, filled with poison as weapons. Good evening, everyone. America is on high alert tonight, just four days before Christmas. A possible terror threat as bad as or worse than 9-11. But where? How? There's nothing specific to report. Be on the lookout for model airplanes packed with explosives. And the FBI is warning ferries may be considered particularly at risk for hijacking. Could these cattle be a target for terrorists? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I, you know, it's, it's hard to start out with so many clips, but really, when when you, you just have to play them, just for the there is the humor. You know, that at first you you know you laugh at these things, but the fact of the matter is, these are real reports on TV, and people take them seriously. People actually were oh, yeah, afraid. Yeah, yeah. Did you hear that woman with the with the with the baby? Anything could happen. Anything can happen. I mean, people in little rural rural towns, rural rural towns, were, were you know literally afraid of these things actually happening, and it's just uh, it's not practical. If anything in my mind. can happen, we should we should all be made to to wear bubble wrap twenty four seven. Well, nevertheless, and hockey he, helmets. Yeah, and and leave it up to uh, Keith Oberman to do a follow up on the Fox fire terrorism story. I want to play a little bit of this uh, clip just yeah, because it's, it, it's a good follow-up. But he does he Why does not? a little bit of justice for it. Power followed by denunciations, followed by the horse cart expressed to the guillotine in revolutionary France, finally collapsed because ordinary citizens just couldn't take it seriously anymore in a grisly, costly, nauseating way. The idea that there were enemies everywhere, even among those who had just said there are enemies everywhere, had become laughable. 
Our fourth story on the countdown. We may be nearing that tipping point for the terror publicans, their president, and their television propaganda channel. As Fox Noise breathlessly reports, a four-year-old memo has breaking terror news about the California fires. And as a president sets up the ultimate stupid straw man argument, the old Avis commercial comes to mind. Ever get the feeling some people just stop trying? First, the president. We established a program at the Central Intelligence Agency to question key terrorist leaders and operatives captured in the war on terror. This program has produced critical intelligence that has helped us stop a number of attacks, including a plot to strike the U.S. Marine camp in Djibouti, a planned attack on the U.S. consulate in Karachi, a plot to hijack a passenger plane and fly it into Library Tower in Los Angeles, California, or a plot to fly passenger planes into Heathrow Airport and buildings into downtown London. Despite the record of success, and despite the fact that our professionals use lawful techniques, the CIA program has come under renewed criticism in recent weeks. <laughs> Those who oppose this vital tool in the war on terror need to answer a simple question. Which of the attacks I have just described would they prefer we had not stopped? All the, setting aside all the intelligence community skepticism about all of those alleged plots, including the one in which Mr. Bush could not even get the name of the L.A. skyscraper in question correct, there is the additional element of what happens when the culture of fear begins to inspire not terror nor outrage, but laughter. Yeah, I mean, I mean Oberman's point here, and it's pretty obvious, is just, you know, when is enough enough? When When is all this fear-mongering... Uh, gonna become, when does it get diluted? When do we just say, look, enough is enough? I mean, we're not always under the threat of terrorism. And, and honestly, if we were, and even if we are, the fact that our borders are not secure, the fact that terrorists or supposed terrorists could come into the country at any time to blow us up or to do whatever they have to do to set off these nuclear bombs they have, uh, it's contradictory, in yeah. my opinion. Well, they keep the border open, wide open. Um, but, you know, to answer George W. Bush's question about which, which of these, uh, you know, terrorist attacks you'd like to see happen. My answer to that is all of them. I'd rather have to see all of them happen and not give up any of my rights. Now, none of that will happen. We all know that. Uh, but I would rather see all of them happen and not give up my rights because this is America. We're the home of the brave, not the home of the slaves. Sure, sure. I mean, you know, it's it's a tough argument. Obviously, we we all want to be safe in our in our houses, in our country. We want our country to be secure, of course. But at the same time, it's it's a tough debate because you don't want to lose your freedoms. At least I don't. And I I've, I realize how important our freedoms are and uh, how vital they are because other countries out there don't have what we have, or I at know, least but what we think and, we have. And look who's taking away the the, the freedoms. Yeah. You know, look who's changing people, America. The same people that are fear-mongering us Nine, constantly. Yeah, 9-11 didn't change America. Yeah, George well, the, exactly. Yeah. The people, the people that, the people that were taking our rights away, are the ones that are changing America. They, they say that they, we're not going to let the terrorists change America, and then they take our rights away and change America. Right. Well, believe it or not, Ben. I mean, I, I know you follow the news uh, certainly more than I do, but I've, I've been really trying to read a lot this week, and I'm watching a lot of Fox News and a lot of CNN. But uh, it came across, came across so many unbelievable, ridiculous things. Uh, specifically, talking about Glenn Beck covering the, the 9/11 truthers who infiltrated the Bill Maher show on HBO. 
Um, we got Hannity and Combs interviewing Ron Paul after the, after apparently Ron Paul wins the debate on Fox News. So there's a lot of things that we're going to play throughout the show that I want to talk about. And and just just for the people out there who know about 9/11 or have researched 9/11 and have their own opinions, I think we will be doing a show dedicated to 9/11 once we're ready. But at, at, for now, we'll just kind of uh, inch. Ever, ever closer to what we feel about 9-11. Speaking of this in passing. Yeah. So we're coming up on a break, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to be back momentarily. You'll just get animal fun. in the following broadcast do not necessarily reflect the views of Revere Radio Network, Rob Revere, or any other host on the network. They are the personal thoughts and feelings of the host given the presentation. We support total free speech here at Revere Radio Network, even when it's ugly. Enjoy. Hey, you're listening to Revere Radio Network. Stay tuned. Folks, we're back. You are listening to the Animal Farm here on Revere Radio Network. We're going to give out some phone numbers now if you guys want to get in t- contact with us and uh, talk about anything under the sun. Um, but if you want to, we, we're sort of getting into that whole fear and manipulation type of thing. So if you want to talk about that, that's cool. If you want to talk about something else, feel free. The numbers are 1-914-613-3166. Or if you want to call toll-free, it is 1-877-877. Revere Zero. Yes, that is. Uh, yes, give us a call. Eight seven 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 three eight three seven three zero is the is the new number. We didn't have that last week, so I'm kind of I'm glad we have that number this time. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. cool. And if you want to Skype us, uh, it's Animal Farm Show, one word. Yes, it is. So yeah, so like I was saying, Ben, there's a lo- there was a lot of things that happened over the last seven days uh, after our last show that just makes you scratch your head. And and I tell you, a lot of it actually was about 9/11. Those of you those of you out there who follow. The 9/11 Truth Movement know that uh, between the Glenn Beck and the Bill Maher and uh, even uh, Tucker Carlson, I believe, uh, a lot of things have been coming up. It's been one-sided, of course, as it usually is, but um, a lot of 9/11 news out there. But for now, I think we'll concentrate more on the uh, the police state stuff, which we have plenty of article-wise. Oh, yeah. That's for sure. But touching upon that, you know, it's 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 so funny the way that things work. Glenn Beck goes on air, calls calls 9/11 uh, activists terrorists. Yeah, basically. We have that nu- clip too. In a nutshell, and then then 
automatically, simultaneously, coincidentally, at the same time, they're trying to pass a bill called H.R. 1955, which basically classifies, quote-unquote, extremists. I have the exact language here. I'll read it for you. The bill defines violent radicalization as the process of adopting or promoting an extremist belief system for the purpose of facilitating ideology-based violence to advance political, religious, or social change. It further defines homegrown terrorists as the use, planned use, or threatened use of force or violence by a group of individual born, raised, or based on operating primarily within the United States or, or any possession of the United States to intimidate or coerce the United States government, the civilian population of the United States, or any segment thereof in furtherance of political or social objectives. Yeah, it's, it's no secret that the Internet is tremendously powerful when uh, talking about the range of opinions. You know, it's not left or right on the Internet. You can find pretty much anything you want uh, if you search long enough. And uh, this has been going on for a long time. They're trying to tax the Internet. They're trying to come up with Internet 2. And now, you know, you see all these bills that are trying to get passed, and uh, they deal with uh, silencing free speech or taxing it or having some kind of membership involved. And these stupid and these stupid bills I get that they attempt to pass, they're always subjective. There's always right. language inside it that's of subjective. Of course. It's like that thing that Michael Hayden was trying to do, right. where he was trying to classify the Fourth Amendment <laughs> trying as to change reasonable. The Fourth Amendment. As reasonable. He was saying it's reasonable to do that. Right. And, and then that's what tyrants do. Throughout history, they pass laws with subjective wording in it right. that's not classified by any actual definition. And then that gives them the power to, to start charging people with crap that they think is reasonable or unreasonable. The term planned use in this bill in particular uh, has caused concerns that thinking about violence, i.e. thought crime, could be considered a terrorist act. So now we're actually entering into the world of Orwell. Yeah, when, when, incredible. When, Pisses absolutely. me off. When the when the director God of the help us, Jesus, God and baby Jesus, help us. <laughs> well, and you know, again, yeah, I guess you have to, like I always say, you have to kind of laugh about these things. But when the director of the NSA, Michael Hayden, doesn't know the exact language of the Fourth Amendment, of all amendments, not to know, uh, protecting U.S. citizens against searches and seizures uh, upon probable cause was the, uh, and we'll get that clip up. Pathetic. Soon as, man. It's, it's that when 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 a director doesn't know and argues it. Uh, in a conference, actually argues he it. Actually argues it, and um, you have to you have to scratch your head, but you also have to kind of rethink uh, who's in control and what's really going on, because that's unacceptable. Or oh, yeah. you might be legally retarded. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and talking about uh, Mr. Our, our friend Glenn Beck or whatever the hell his name is, Glenn Beck. Uh, you know, this is the kind of guy. We'll, Glenn Prick. Yeah. I mean. Well, you know, I've watched this show uh, a couple times in the last week, and I'll tell you, sometimes he makes a point, and, and you want to applaud him. He talked about the border and the border security and how we have to stop thinking about left and right and red and blue, and actually made a very good point that I agreed with. And that was very, you know, very patriotic, very much in the center. wasn't leaning left or right or conservative or liberal. But then he goes on the show, and after the, for those of you who don't know, it's a Bill Maher's show on HBO, and somebody from the 9/11 Truth Movement, uh, you know, out of nowhere, just screamed during the show and interrupted the show, and you know, and Bill Maher freaked out. Now I don't want to play the whole clip, but Glenn Beck actually compared people in the 9/11 Truth Movement to anarchists and said that it's likely that likely that a Timothy McVeigh type person would come out of this movement. He's he's a turd, man. He's a turd and no matter what good thing he says, it's you can't polish a turd. <laughs> That's very true. You can't you can't polish it. But I mean just 
just think about that. Regardless of the facts, let's not even talk about the facts because we can't get into it. It's a subject that's too big for this show right now. But forgetting about the facts, the bottom line is if you don't agree with the government, you're dissent in the government, you don't agree with what they're doing, all of a sudden now you're being labeled on national TV as an anarchist. I'm going to play this clip, and he had you know popular mechanics guys on there. He had the whole Hearst Publishing uh, people on there. I'm not going to play that. I just want to play Beck as he introduces the idea that it's wacky to think about government conspiracies and then, like I said – um, attributes the idea of, of dissent uh, to anarchism, you know, and to, to being an anarchist. Of Americans are just dumb enough to believe that that's exactly what happened with the U.S. government taking down the World Trade Center, at least number seven. Actually, more Americans think that than think that, that Congress is doing a good job. I'm not kidding. These truthers are exactly the kind of people who want to rock this nation's foundation, tear us apart, and plant the seeds of dissatisfaction in all of us. Okay, so he, he comes out with that statement. It's pretty much – it's a little bit longer than that. But then he has these uh, two gentlemen on who are talking about how they've knocked down all of the conspiracy rumors, and then Beck continues. Which, I, which is why I believe these guys are dangerous. I, I believe these guys are, are anarchists that are, are looking to uh, tear us apart. I, I mean, this is, this is the kind of group that a Timothy McVeigh would come from. Now, when I heard this, I, I had trouble not uh, becoming a violent person. Let's put it that way. I mean, I don't want to swear. I don't want to get out of control. But honestly, folks, don't be no, like Timothy McVeigh. No matter how, no matter what you believe, if you if you believe in conservatism or liberalism, whatever the hell your beliefs are, regardless, to to compare people who believe the government was involved in anything regarding 9/11. As anarchists, or so, and to say that a Timothy McVeigh would come out of this group because you don't agree with what they have to say, uh, and they don't talk about facts at all. But regardless, to me, that's appalling. And just to finish it up, I want to play the rest of the clip. Time. Guys, thank you very much. Now, I'm going to ask you, where am I wrong? Anybody who believes our government could successfully plan 9-11 is not only giving our government way too much credit, they're also nuts. Agree or disagree, okay. go to CNN.com slash... Okay, you, you can go to CNN.com slash whatever, Glenn Beck. You can figure it out. He had, he had a poll up there, and I actually discovered this earlier today. Here's the, the poll. He does this thing called Where Am I Wrong? Okay, so he has a question every show. In this show, the question was as follows. Conspiracy craziness, Cohen. Anyone who believes our government could have successfully planned 9-11 is not only giving them too much credit, but they're also insane. Do you agree or disagree? Now, the poll was released earlier in the week. I believe the show was Tuesday. I'm just not totally sure. But regardless, on 10-23, the poll came out uh, after 5,249 voters had, had voted. 27% agreed with Glenn Beck. 73% disagreed. Now, I just went on the poll today to see the progress. The poll was wiped. Right now, there are only there are only 1,041 votes. That's as of about 6.30 p.m. tonight. And right now, it says 55% agree with Glenn Beck and 45 don't agree. Now, your thoughts on this, Ben, please? Because I, I scratched my head when he actually took the poll down. Or somebody oh, took the poll down because there's less votes now. Well, it I, speaks for itself. It does, yeah. I mean, I'm not surprised, but honestly, it, it's just it's unbelievable. It's yeah. the goof of all time. It really is. <laughs> Thank you. It's true. Thank you, Pyth. All right. Enough about that, turd. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> yes. He's horrible. He's horrible. I have this article right here. Um, from London, tracking your top schooling through microchips in their uniforms. So, so you see this, you know, they're calling anybody that descends now terrorists. Of course. And now, and now they're setting in the, the tracking system in which we're all going to be tracked and traced. Uh, this being one example of it. London, October 21st, students at secondary school in South Yorkshire are being tracked by microchips sewn in their uniforms as part of a trial. 
The radio frequency system monitors pupils' movements and automatically logs their attendance on the teacher's computer. It can alert teachers if a student is likely to misbehave. So that's that's one gist of it. Now I'm a I'm, I'm a father myself. A lot of people, you know, uh, people will say to me, and I've had conversations with uh, family members and stuff like that, and they'll say, well, you know, you, uh, w- w- you know, wouldn't you want a, a, a tracking chip in your daughter if she ever was missing or anything like that? My answer is no, I wouldn't. I would not. I absolutely would not want a tracking chip in my daughter, and I wouldn't want to use it as a parenting tool, which a lot of parents are trying to do now. Well, everything is safety, and everything that happens, the excuse is, oh, well, you'll be safer. And yes, of course, you will be safer if you can track your child everywhere. But then again, if you had a, an armed guard in your house at all times, you theoretically would be safer. But you're again, literally, you're literally statistically more likely to be struck by lightning than to have your child kidnapped. Oh, yeah, or, or to should be killed by terrorism, rubber, for that matter. Should we Absolutely. all wear rubber helmets? It's unbelievable. You know? It's unbelievable. I mean, you know, and, and it seems as though, Ben, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems as though it's worse, much worse in, in Europe than it is in, in America. Speaking oh, I'd never want to live there. In regards yeah. of the surveillance society. Now, I know there's some things in Europe that are better uh, than, than they are here, maybe healthcare, for example, but, I mean, oh, my goodness, on every street there, you know, there are cameras and there are things that are talking to you. And, you know, and, and out, of, out of America, you get things like... Uh, this particular article, second grader suspended for drawing of a gun. Huh. Uh, not drawing from a holster. I'm saying drawing a picture of an actual gun. This comes from New Jersey. It's out of the, out of the Associated Press, uh, Dennis Township, New Jersey. A second grader's drawing of a stick figure shooting a gun earned him a one-day school suspension. Once again, second grade. Kyle Walker, uh, age seven, was suspended last week for violating Dennis Township Primary School's Zero tolerance policy on guns? The boy's mother, Shirley McDevitt, told the press of Atlantic City this. Kyle gave the picture to another child on the bus, and that child's parents complained about it to school officials, McDevitt said. Her son told her the drawing was of a water gun. <laughs> this is amazing. I mean, it's it's one thing to to have these incidents happen in a school take action, but the fact that we have people in America, you know, telling, tattletaling on yeah. one another. It's, it's ridiculous. We have a little tattletale brown shirt, Soviet-style retarded <sighs> government, man. I mean, our, our society's screwed up yeah, right we, now. We, we have gone from, uh, we've just become something that I'm, I'm just totally against. I mean, we're, we're just tattletale on our neighbors now. We're supposed to be working together. A photocopy of the picture provided by McDevitt showed two stick figures. Again, this is a seven-year-old boy. Two stick figures with one pointing a crude-looking gun at the other, the newspaper said, what appeared to be the word me was written above the shooter with another name scribbled above the other figure. School officials declined to comment Friday. A message left at the superintendent's office Saturday was not returned. Kyle drew other pictures, including a skateboarder, King Tut, a ghost, a tree, and a cyclops. Wow, that that's real, that's amazing. That's terrorism right there, right? See, Seven years old? You see how they could turn such a healthy thing into something that's that's absolutely horrendous? How, how this kid is talking, draws a picture about him squirting his friend with a water gun, and they turn it into something so abhorrent. Ben, if they saw what I used to draw when I was seven, <laughs> I would be in prison still to this day. I mean, I, you know, I, I have an imagination, and it's pretty vivid, and, and come on, unbelievable. I, to the, again, the thing that bothers me even more about the fact that this is even in the news and this kid was suspended at, at age seven is Well, you have these – you got these bizarre psychologists. <sighs> Everybody thinks they're a psychologist now, and they think that, you know, yeah. if a kid draws a picture yeah. of, like, a, a scary monster or something like that, he's going yes, yeah. to grow up like, you know, or if he – or if he lights his G.I. Joe's on fire, he's going to go up and grow up and start, you know, raping women yeah, all I mean, throughout you know. the streets and stuff like that. It's bizarre, man. Yeah. Everybody's everybody's paranoid and scared. 
Yeah, and, and most uh, you know most of us remember how difficult school was, and we would just you know our imaginations were were you know flying away until the schools had to uh, teach us their little lessons. But come on, really, I mean uh, this this cannot be happening, but it is, and that's and that's kind of why we're doing the show. <laughs> there's such a blatant misunderstanding of guns, also, and and just yeah. the whole notion of Absolutely. guns. You know, I Absolutely. I was talking to you before about it. If you uh, for people that are listening right now, if you uh if you Google uh, do an image Google search right now and search for gun un not, as in, you know, K-N-O-T. Right. You'll see a picture of an honest to God gun tied in a knot in front of, and this is a, this is a sculpture in front of the UN. There's a, there's such an absolute misunderstanding of the purpose of guns, what it was, what, why it's, why they're in the Constitution. Right. And it's just, Second it's, Amendment. Yeah. It's horrible. It's, it's absolutely horrible. Most of what I see, Ben, uh, in the news or, you know, anytime I read newspapers or watch TV, most of what I see, whenever there's a shooting, whether it's a school shooting or any horrible incident where people are killed from gunfire, it's always just labeling guns as bad and, and almost never, in fact, I don't think I have ever can recall an instance where they talk about illegal guns, guns that are uh, not actually uh, – nobody's a member of the gun. It's an illegal weapon. It's not registered with anybody in, in the country, and that is really, in my opinion, the problem. It's not guns. It's illegal guns, and that's that's where we have to start uh, our action, I think. It's it, The thing The thing is is that if – it's not a matter of it's you know it's it's a matter of government having control over guns and they're banning guns all over the place so now you know let let's take it just a look at at the Virginia Tech shooting quickly you right. know the kid goes in there starts shooting up the place nobody's armed that's why it's a that's why a great term for this is called victim disarmament right. when you take away people's guns from them, you don't give them the opportunity to defend themselves some dude tried to do that in Alaska teacher teacher got his gun that that they, he didn't get away with that crap you know of course teacher got his gun out. And put an end to the situation. A very sad end, I'm sure, but at least, you know, 19 kids didn't get killed. Yeah, I You know, and the same thing, Ron Paul makes a great point in in regards to 9-11, you know, where, where, you know, he had said if the government hadn't taken away all firearms, banning from the thing, the pilots would have had firearms. Sure. People would have, you know, maybe even our passengers would have had firearms as long as, as long as the, uh, the, uh, uh, company allowed it. And, and that was the problem. You know, they never would have gotten that. gotten away with that crap on 9-11 right. and that's and that's you know it's that's just common common sense right i, I actually took a uh, a gun safety course i guess it was about a year and a half to two years ago and the instructor former cop um had told me and the other uh, students in the class that less than one percent of one percent of all of the crimes committed by firearms in the united states of america uh came from people who were registered guns so Almost all of the actual crimes committed are from illegal weapons that are not registered. Less than 1% of 1% of all the crimes. And out of that small percentage of people who commit crimes with the guns that are registered, most of them are suicides. And I'm not saying that's a yes. good thing. Yes. But the bottom line, again, folks, it's it's the media spins it as we have to get rid of guns, we have to get rid of guns, we have to take guns. And, and certainly after Katrina, we saw a lot of military exercises, real time, re- real exercises of, of gun grabbing. Well, that's the first thing that you know a, a, a tyranny wants or a police state wants. Yeah. They want to get rid of your guns. Of and one of the one of the first steps of that is is registration. You know, they were they were trying so hard to do that in in Germany. You know, they they would go into the schools and they would teach about hunting accidents and sure. bad things to the kids, and then the kids would tell the teachers who ha- which which one of their parents had the guns, and then the parents got got disarmed eventually. You know. Nazi SS is showing up to their house, taking their guns. That's how they were able to get enslaved. That's why America is – that's a big reason why America is still somewhat free. Right. 
You yeah, know, I mean, you know, it doesn't take a genius to look at history. We've all, you know, most of us have taken uh, history courses in school. Just take a look at history and see the process. Really delve into it and see the process of how other tyrannical governments in the past that we've been taught of uh, came to power, and you see strange and horrifying similarities all the way. And just and just to elaborate on that one thing, you know, a, a, a very good fact is, you know, something that Alex Jones says often is that, you know, there have been millions of governments, hundreds of thousands of governments. And barely any of them have been free. You know, barely yeah. any. Just a tiny minuscule have been free. Yeah, when we play, I'm sure during one of our breaks we'll play the Alex Jones clip. I think he was uh, bullhorning the Bilderberg Group meeting recently. And, yeah, I mean, he says it, and it's common fact. I mean, throughout history, mankind, humankind, has suffered and has always uh, stood up against tyranny. Uh, there's always been uh, this problem, and it goes back from the beginning of civilization. So, you know, folks, we're just we're just trying to do our best. And please give us a call, 914 914- 613-3166, or the new number at Revere's, 877-738-3730. We want to know what you think. Uh, we'll say it hundreds of times, but again, this show's for you. We want you to give us a call. And also, you could get to the chat room. There's a Revere Radio chat room. If you uh, go to www.revereradio.net, there's sure. a chat room that you can go in and, and chat with people. Uh, we're not in there right now, but... Sure. Uh, but, you know, chat with people, see sure. what's going on. And, of course, you could just Skype us at Animal Farm Show, which is one word, all lowercase. Uh, definitely give us a call, folks, because we, you know, we're going to just go over a lot of news. There's been so much happening in the mainstream news over the last week um, that it's impossible not to talk about it. We have an update on the, the tasering of the, uh, the student in Florida, uh, and just the bottom line here is the police are cleared in the incident, Gainesville, Florida, University of Florida police were justified, justified in using a taser against a student who refused to stop questioning Senator John Kerry on campus last month, according to a state investigation released Wednesday. Uh, just Google it, folks. I can't read it because my, my stomach, I feel nauseous. The fact, I mean, I understand he was annoying, and yes, he cried out. He was a baby. We all get annoyed from that. But the bottom line here, folks, is that the police are getting off on this. They tasered this guy. Those um, evildoers. Yeah, those evildoers is right. It, it really gets it, it just gets me angry because you know when is enough enough? When do we stand up against this? And the more you the more you see, uh, I don't know if you saw the the uh, the clips this past week of a lot of people are starting to protest big time when whenever their speech is involved. Condoleezza Rice was involved where that woman came to her with the with the bloody fingers. Which, that was awesome. You know, I'm I'm a bit mixed. I mean, yes, it was, and I, and I'm I'm really proud of these people that are standing up and and really risking their lives in a lot of senses because she got up right in front of Condoleezza Rice, maybe a foot away, if that, maybe inches, and uh, she was she was taken away. And then and then right after that, several protesters who weren't even making any noise, I think, were, were removed. So the more you look at this, the that more was, you see it. That was horrible. She was part part of a group called uh, Code Pink. And they're really active. You hear about Code them all pink, the time. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And, right. Uh, you know, the, the woman put blood on her hands. Looked real. Looked very real, the blood. Um, and just basically stuck him in the face of Condoleezza Rice and said, you have blood on your hands. And the picture that goes along with it is priceless. Uh, so try to Google that story and check it out. Yeah. Um, but the the uh, her fellow friend that was with her, I don't even know if she was her friend, but she had a Code Pink shirt on her yeah. or whatever. So I'm sure she was she was her friend or whatever. Cops just dragged her out of there. Just, just yeah. dragged her out. She was she, sitting down. She didn't do anything. No, she, she just dragged her out. And violently, too. And she's sitting there screaming, pretty much like the, the don't tase me bro kid. Uh, you know. Yeah, there's... Damn the consequences. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, folks, it's... Again, I, I don't advocate uh, violence. You know, if, if anybody were to 
uh, act upon their emotions and, and to be violent or to, to do anything ridiculous against any politician or speaker or any person. I'm not for that. But again, I mean, we have the freedom of speech, and uh, it seems like slowly and surely, and we'll say this hundreds of times, it's being taken away, and the police seem to have no problem with removing people uh, physically from these debates or from these uh, these these speeches. Yeah, no problem whatsoever. Yeah, it's it, and I, I think that actually worries me more. The fact that the the cops are are acting and physically removing, you know, these women, for example. I mean, you know, it's it's unnecessary. Oh, and they're dragging it, the women, dragging them away. The women, just it doesn't matter. Yeah, you know, be civilized at first. If someone resists, then fine. And you have to do what you have to do. But be oh. gentlemanly. Be gentlemen. Yes, <laughs> we try to be our gentlemen. Animal Farm Show, uh, 914-613-3166, 877-738-3730. Skype us, Animal Farm Show, one word. We want to hear from you. Um, but, again, today, today's show really is about news. We, we might do a, a dedicated show to something else at some other time. But the news, we could spend at least four hours it's, talking about this past it's week. It's piling up, and it's worse and worse. And it's more active, too, Let's every talk week. about the, um, the foster child oh, being gosh. taken away. I, th- this is just... Again, like everything else, it just makes you scratch your head. Foster, foster child to be taken away because Christian couple refused to teach him about homosexuality. Ben, I want you to read it because I can't. My stomach. <laughs> so I, I'm sorry. I can't do it. I can't. I'm sorry. I can't do it. Uh, uh, it just gets to me. I only have a certain tolerance for stuff like this. They're devoted foster parents with an unblemished record of caring for almost 30 vulnerable children. But Vincent and Pauline Matherick will this week have their latest foster son taken away because they have refused to sign new sexuality e- equality regulations. <laughs> to do so, they claim, would force them to promote homosexuality and go against their Christian faith. The 11-year-old boy who has been in their care for two years will be placed in a council... Council hostel this week, and the Mathericks will no longer be given children to look after. The devastated couple who have three grown-up children of their own became foster parents in 2001 and have since cared for 28 children at their home in Shard, Somerset. Earlier this year, Somerset County Council's Social Services Department asked them to sign a contract to implement Labor's new sexual orientation regulations, part of the Equality Act of 2006, which makes discrimination on the grounds of sexuality illegal. Officials told the couple that under the regulations, they would be required to discuss same-sex relationships with children as young as 11 and tell them that gay partnerships were just as acceptable as heterosexual marriages. So once again, here we have the state trying to make people good, trying to make people just at the point of a gun. You can't do it. Right. It never works. Yeah, and just and just to prove my point, that is, uh, for those of you who don't know, that's Somerset, England, and... Uh, you know, again, I think it's worse over there. I think it really is. But when we talk about, and we actually have an article coming out of Australia, out of the Sydney Morning Herald, police to get power to spy without warrant. It's all centralized. These governments are—they're all doing the same thing. And I think it is worse in England. I think when it comes to spying and wiretapping, I think, in my opinion, it's—it's it's worse in England. Uh, it's worse in Europe in general than it is in, in America. But it's—it's it's getting there. You know, New York City, I think it was last year, just put you know hundreds of thousands of cameras in the city. You know, and again, as long I'm as I'm absolutely adamantly opposed to that. Yes. So no, you're not, George. <laughs> yes. I wish you were, George. But, uh, I don't <laughs> yeah. Know. It's like, what's the ratio right now? One or ten camera or one camera for every ten people in the United States. Yeah. And yeah. it's going up slowly yeah. and slowly going Folks, up. Folks, you know, more pe- 
three times the amount of people died last year from food poisoning than they did from terrorism in the last six years. I mean, we have to start prioritizing what's important to us. And, uh, and, and again, that's why we always talk about Ron Paul, because, yes, terrorism is real. We all know it. It, it happens. And, and they're, they're, you know, our country is always under some kind of threat. But when it comes down to it, there are hundreds, in my opinion, issues, hundreds of, opinion, uh, of issues that are just so much more important that we have to address. Yeah. You know, uh, terrorism is not number one. Well, they just did a study in the United Nations, um, and they had, I think, the, this entire street that was covered with cameras, and crime actually went up, ended up going <laughs> is up. Is that right? Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't hear about that. After the cameras came out. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, not only does it not work, but yeah. you're also taking away people's freedoms, and uh, it's just, just it's annoying. Of, yeah. Dude, and just, and God bless Ron Paul for, for trying to do that. Um for for trying to at least change things and remind people of what it means to be an American. Right, and and I do. I think when we we have a break coming up pretty soon, but when I when I when we come back, I want to talk about the uh, when he was interviewed on Hannity and Combs. It, it's it's so blatantly obvious. I mean, we all watch Fox News at least sometimes. If you can stomach it, I I can only last about 13 minutes. After that, I start getting nauseous. But uh, <laughs> no, I, I can d- usually watch the whole thing. Really? No problem. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm numb from it. You're a much stronger man than I am, Ben. <laughs> I, I will say that hundreds of times. But the bottom line is, uh, you know, the the Republican debate was on, and uh, you know, the the polls came through, and and I think uh, Ron Paul has. Hands down, the biggest internet support out of any of the candidates, especially of Republican candidates. And sure enough, he was uh, 34% of the winner at 34% of the votes. You know, voting from your cell phones, I guess, online as well. And Hannity freaks out. I mean, he literally loses his mind. And uh, Combs, I think, is just playing the neutral card. He can't even believe it himself as the, you know, <laughs> the liberal he's supposed to be. But sure enough, uh, Hannity just freaks out and and. Kind of like in a babyish fashion, almost like wow, you know, like I'm really oh, upset. Yeah, total, so total baby. We're, we're gonna play this clip for you guys, and it's 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 priceless, and I'm really glad that uh, I was watching in real time. I think I called you immediately when I saw it. Yeah, <laughs> you know? this is so funny, man. It's unbelievable. Um, Ron Paul is a gentleman. He never he never folds under pressure, and and if if you think uh, opposite, give us a call. Definitely let me know where I'm wrong there. But he he handles himself like a gentleman, true yeah. gentleman, gentleman and a scholar. <laughs> so uh, you know, but sure enough, uh, Hannity starts questioning him. Yes, <laughs> and, uh, and and even even having a show about Ron Paul, I think would be a good idea. But again, for now, we're oh, just there, kinda... there is a show about Ron Paul on on We the People Radio. Oh, yeah, no, oh yeah, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a, having it's one a, of our own it's shows. It's a Ron Paul show. It's a show about <laughs> yes. Ron Paul. So yes, so we got a break coming up, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back momentarily. You're listening to the Animal Farm on the Revere Radio Network. Stay tuned. from Texas serving in my 10th term. I am the champion of the Constitution. You get the sense that the country is desperate for someone to show us the way. Not the old way, not the same way, but a new way. Ron Paul, who raised more than $5 million in the third quarter, trailing not far behind fellow Republicans like John McCain and Fred Thompson. Ron Paul, who has a huge internet following. 
He's a congressman, a physician who's delivered more than 4,000 babies. Ron Paul has been married to the same woman for 50 years, which means he doesn't come to the race with a lot of the assorted baggage that some of the other candidates for the White House do. So here's the question. Should more people be listening to what Ron Paul has to say? We have allowed our nation to be overtaxed and overregulated and overrun by bureaucrats. The founders would be ashamed of us for what we're putting up with. Matter of fact, if you look at every single problem we're facing today, it's because of the lack of respect for the rule of law and the Constitution. The right guy is the guy who's anti-government, anti-war, pro-personal liberty, pro-economic freedom. Vote for him, whatever party he is. And if you have to change parties to vote, that's like five clicks on the Internet. It's not complicated. If you really want to have a choice between a real revolutionary candidate and someone out of the machine, well, this is what this can happen. Ron Paul brings together people of all races, all socioeconomic backgrounds, all political affiliations, because freedom is truth and truth is power, and we can live and be free in this country if we believe we can. John writes from West Virginia, yes, more people should listen. A rarity. A man of principle, integrity, and high values running for president. Exactly what America needs in this day and age. If you were president, would you work to phase out the IRS? Immediately. That's what they call a softball. And, and you can only do that if you change our ideas about what the role of government ought to be. If you think the government has to take care of us from cradle to grave, and if you think our government should police the world and spend hundreds of billions of dollars on a foreign policy that we cannot manage, uh, you can't get rid of the IRS. But if you want to lower taxes, and if you don't want the government to quit printing the money to come up with shortfall and cause all the inflation, you have to change policy. Congressman Ron Pauls, you appear to have consistent uh, principled integrity. Uh, Americans don't usually go for that. <laughs> 1,500 people packed into the War Memorial Auditorium to see Paul speak. The Republican is making ways for his anti-war limited government positions. This is just a small example of, of the types of things that are happening really across the country. Why are you resonating with, uh, with people out there? Is it because of your opposition to the war in Iraq? I think that's part of it. I think the message uh, obviously is popular enough. They say, yes, we like the ideas of freedom, the Constitution, limited government, less taxes. But I think the other part is people are worried more so than I think the politicians on the Hill understand. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. You are listening to the Animal Farm here on Revere Radio Network. The phone number to reach us is 1-914-613-3166. The toll-free number is 1-877-REVERE-0. And uh, you can also Skype us at Animal, show, uh, Animal Farm Show, uh, all one word. So I have this uh, Ron Paul news article right here. He made the front page of MSNBC today. He actually did. Excellent. Excellent. Good job, Ron Paul. Good job, Ron Paul. Absolutely. The headline is Ron Paul uses new millions for media push. Republican underdog prepares to spend big bucks on New Hampshire ads. And uh, this, oh, this was written by the New York Times, New York Slimes. 
from Washington. If media muscle is any measure of a candidate, Representative Ron Paul of Texas is getting ready to flex his. In the last two weeks, Mr. Paul, a Republican president for candidate, has spent nearly half a million dollars on radio advertisements in four early primary states, the first major media investment of his campaign. On Tuesday night, he will take a seat opposite Jay Leno. Everybody listen to that. Tuesday night, she's going to be on Jay Leno. The 30th. The 30th. 30th. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be really great. And, and you know, and again, I have to give credit because over the last two to three weeks, and I think we touched upon this on our last show, Ben, uh, Ron Paul's gotten a lot of mainstream support, and I think both of us, you and I both, have changed our initial answer of can you think, do you think Ron Paul can win to from no to yeah, abso- absolutely, especially since uh, all you have to do is get it in the in the, in the mainstream media and and. People, most people don't even know who Ron Paul is, but the more you get the exposure on the main channels, you know, 1 through uh, 10 or 1 through 12, the better the chance is. Yeah, yeah. And and not only, you know, yeah, can he win, now it's come to the point where it's like, yeah, he's going to win. <laughs> yeah, and in my opinion, I think he has to win. My my personal opinion is going to be, until the very end, uh, this is the last hope we have. If, if yeah. Giuliani or Hillary gets in, it's oh man, it's I over. Like, in my in my opinion, it's it's over. I would be done. so freaking scared if one of those two gets in. Man. Yeah, it's the lesser of two evils, and I can't even answer the question of... Who's the lesser? <laughs> I have no idea. No, they're just so they're both so bad, man. And and this big this big push right now coming up, Ron Paul on November the fifth. They're asking everybody to donate. That's a biggie. Not Ron Paul's campaign, actually independent. This is actually independent of Ron Paul's campaign. They're asking everybody to donate a hundred dollars uh, from a hundred thousand people, hopefully to give him ten million dollars in one day. Could you like shut up? And give us the money. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, the original release of the press release, I think, was they wanted their goal was a hundred thousand people to make a hundred dollar donation. Uh, and and I, you know, I'm not sure if they're going to reach that goal. They may exceed that goal. Regardless, I think it's going to be a big regardless day. in one day. Regardless, in one day, it's going to. It's. Yeah. I mean, he's going to. You're going to see the headlines. You're yeah. going to see the headlines, and you're going to you're going to see the slimy political pundits being like. Oh my goodness! Yeah, this, this is going to cost. And after when he raised the uh, f- the five million plus dollars in the third quarter or the fourth quarter, whatever it was, third quarter, yeah, yeah, third quarter. Um, I you know CNBC, I think uh, last show I was saying this, MSNBC and CNN, they both covered you know this this great um this monumental monumental thing, thing yeah. exactly. This and now it's just going to be dwarfed in one day. <laughs> yeah, and you know I, I just can't wait to to see the the reaction from the O'Reillys and the Hannitys of the world. Yeah, um, it's going to be great. So everybody thing. everybody remember to give your $100 or more. Give more if you can, you know. If it's five, yeah. if it's even if it's a dollar, just you know, money is cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah regardless of, of uh, whether or not you agree or disagree with Ron Paul and his beliefs or his statements of principles, you have to at least tip your hat to to what he's accomplished. He's broken down barriers. Um, and again, we're gonna try to do a show on Ron Paul and, and give you as much coverage. And every show is gonna have some Ron Paul in it, so definitely stay tuned. Big time into that's con- a fact. <laughs> and that's con- a fact. <laughs> he said it twice. I love it. I love it. And to continue on this on this uh, article, because we digress like Go crazy. Ahead. Go ahead. It says, and on Monday, a, comp- a campaign spokesman said he will wrote out his first major television advertisement campaign, spending $1.1 million on five new commercials to be shown in the New Hampshire market for the next six weeks. In contrast, Rudolph Giuliani, former mayor of New York, Rudolph Giuliani, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> you, your pronunciation is definitely... Those evildoers. <laughs> the former mayor of New York and the rival of the Republican nomination has yet to commit any spending for television advertisements because he spent it all on coke. Yeah. Well, we think, yeah. <laughs> coke and hookers. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's getting gruesome, folks. Uh, Mr. Paul's commercials are intended to introduce him to voters in New Hampshire where independents can vote in, the, in either primaries and where a libertarian street could give Mr. Paul a chance to translate his quirky population into qu- po- quirky popularity. Oh, his popularity is quirky now. It's quirky now. Interesting. After raising a surprising $5 million in the third quarter, Mr. Paul has found himself... It's Dr. Paul, dick. Mr. Paul has found himself with a significant <laughs> pile of cash. He has four, $5.4 million on hand. His campaign says it is just the beginning. It has set fundraising goals of $3 million in October, $4 million in November, and $5 million in December. Mark campaigns managers say... Mark's campaign managers say are within reach. In two days last week, Mr. Paul raised $438,000. We have just pure muscles when it comes to this, man. If any of you, um, when he was pushing for the the $100,000 mark and then eventually got up to uh, $5 million, it was this whole online – when you went to his site, you saw an actual counter Mm -hmm. that you could see the amount of money donated, and it was just – Internet. In the internets. Thank you, George. (laughs) It was booming, and I I was watching it in disbelief saying to myself, oh, my goodness – so, you know, you, you can definitely support Ron Paul that way, and you could also just uh, buy some Ron Paul stickers or, sh- or shirts, you know, and, and do that. But Oh, uh, yeah, you don't have to have money to support Ron Paul. That's no, the brilliant part no, about all this. No, and you, could, you could do whatever you want, man. You could – people are stenciling stuff, hanging stuff from the from – the, uh, and the billboards and, sure. you know, hanging stuff on the highways and all types of stuff, man. I mean, get out there and do something. Right. This, we, guy's, this guy's worth it. Our, our country's worth it. Yeah, and, you know, and again, I mean, you know, maybe I, I may not actually agree with everything Ron Paul has to say, but, uh, again, in my opinion, it's it's the only chance we have. And he's the perfect candidate. He's the perfect gentleman, and he's the perfect guy for the uh, presidency in 2008. Uh, we have an article here uh, out of the Free Market News Network Corp. Uh, Sunday the New York Post blacking out Ron Paul, but before we get to that, I really got to talk about this Hannity and Combs after the Republican debate. I think it was Sunday night uh, when I called you. Um, sure enough, leave it up to uh, Hannity to finally freak out because they've interviewed Ron Paul before, and Hannity and, and Ron Paul, Dr. Paul, have gotten into it a couple times. They've had a little mini debates. Hannity on. is also a turd. Yeah, and you could and you could definitely be polished. He, he could be a turd. Yeah, and you could certainly YouTube it if you if you YouTube. Um, Ron Paul, Hannity, you'll see some of their previous engagements, but this one I think was unlike any other. And uh, from, from a standpoint against Fox News, Hannity freaks out and really, uh, very in a very adolescent manner, just kind of cries about stuff. So I want to play this uh, for all of you who missed it. Uh, this is, again, this is after the, the debate where Hannity and Combs are interviewing several of the candidates and they finally get to Ron Paul, and, and here it is. Welcome back to the special edition of Hannity and Combs, and we are coming to you live tonight from the spin room at the GOP presidential debate in Orlando, Florida. Now it is time to reveal the results from our text messaging poll. As of now, in first place, Ron Paul, 39%. In second place, Mike Huckabee, getting 19% of the vote. Can I say something? And uh, yeah, oh yeah, Hannity interrupts Combs here and starts to crying. Hence the baby noise. Yeah. Here we go. Stacking the deck. They're stacking the deck. That's the way they have in every campaign. He did not win. I got to. I got to repeat this. I have to stack it. Sean Hannity on Fox News. On Hannity and Combs, a special edition here, he actually says that they were stacking the deck for Ron Paul because of so much support. Wah. Can I say something? And, uh, Go ahead, Sean. Stacking, yes, they're stacking the deck. That's the way they have in every campaign. He did not win this debate, period. All right, well, let's, I'm just telling you what the results well, say. That's All my right, opinion. Well, we don't have any further information other than <laughs> what the right. results say. Third spot, Rudy Giuliani getting uh, 12% of the vote. And if we can move this up a little bit, Fred Thompson and Romney are tied with 10% each. 
In fifth place, Duncan Hunter with uh, 1%. And uh, coming in last is Tom Tancredo. And the lines are open, by the way, for the rest of the show. You can keep texting us. So they finally get through this, and Ron Paul, after the commercial break, finally comes on to be interviewed by uh, yours truly, uh, Adeline Combs, the, the two great uh, radio talk show hosts here. And sure enough, here's Sean Hannity. Listen to how Sean Hannity freaks out. And their congressman got wiped out last time around because hey, of the uh, war issue. So I would say that we're in pretty good shape. Good to see you, Congressman. Okay. Well, hey. Whenever I give a speech around the country, you got all the Ron Paul supporters there That's to great. attack me. All right, I That's like great. that. But listen, let me. Let me <laughs> that is great. Wow. I mean, really? Can, can you give this guy a box of Kleenex for you know for the for the tears? I, I gotta play it again. I cannot. Be, I couldn't believe shape. when good I heard this. Good to see you, Congressman. Okay. Well, hey. Whenever I give a speech around the country, you got all the Ron Paul supporters there That's to great. attack me. All right, I That's like great. that. Pius, do we have a violin clip in there? No, yeah, sorry, I mean, no, it stinks. <laughs> folks, I mean, regardless of if you would disagree with this guy's statements uh, during the debate or not, I mean, I don't know if you guys caught it, but uh, Combs actually referred to this whole thing as, well, welcome back to the spin room, but anyway, i got to keep on playing. I'm sorry, folks. Libertarian candidate. No. So my question to you is, do you consider yourself more libertarian or more Republican? This is more that polarization nonsense. Every time he's got to inter- interview someone he disagrees with, it's either everybody has to be classified. Yeah, it's like okay, so so uh, anyway, sir, are you red or are you blue? Or are you Republican or are you a Democrat? Are you liberal or are you conservative? Every, it's always got to be one or the other. God forbid someone out there has uh, you know a balanced approach to things in, in government or politics. I consider myself a Republican with constitutional beliefs. The founding fathers, if you remember, were sure. very much for liberty. So if you're for liberty, which I assume everybody's for liberty, it's just they get mixed up on defining it. If you're for right. liberty, you're a libertarian. Okay. So I'm, I'm with the founders on this issue, and I'm with the American no, people no, because they do believe in liberty. I mean, I, I believe in liberty, right. but I also believe we've got to win this war. There was a Fox, if you don't win this yeah. nomination. Okay, so they, they go through it, a couple more questions, and finally, this is to me, this is the highlight of the night, and this is when I didn't know what to do with myself yet again if I wanted to punch the wall or, or applaud because every single time something like this happens where it's just outrageous on, on TV, it's it, it makes me angry because I can't believe I just saw what I just saw or I just heard what I just heard. But sure enough, it's better that I think that this happens so that people can see this firsthand. Listen to Sean Hannity discredit his own Fox News poll. Listen to this. You vote libertarian? Depends on who's running, on what policy. There may, who knows? There's talk of Could a third party. Could you support Rudy, Fred, Mitt? Well, you know, I think they're softening their tone. They're not nearly as militant as they were a few months ago. Yeah, so, but you think you Ron Paulized well, them? Well, they, like have, to, them. they <laughs> have to listen to these polls, don't they? What well, about this, is, I, this poll is that you've got all your. Oh, you mean your own poll isn't any good? No, it's just oh, a lot of fun. No, this is a- it's just a lot of fun. Now, oh, I would wow. bet any I would bet every single dime that I owned, every penny that if some other candidate, maybe Mitt Romney or Giuliani won this poll, it wouldn't just be a game. And Sean Hannity might not feel the same way. I got to play it again. I'm sorry. They have to listen to these polls, don't they? What well, about this, polls? Is, I, this poll is that you've got all your oh, You mean your own poll isn't any good? No, it's just oh, a lot of fun. No, this is a great audience. This, uh, this Fox Network yeah, is just you great. Win, it's a great audience. <laughs> <laughs> all right, good to see you. Thank you, Congressman. Appreciate right. it. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks if a lot, Hannity. If you were a horse, they'd shoot you. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, I just, again, I, I don't know what to say. I mean, I'm glad that this is happening. I'm glad we have this, this uh, the ability on the show to, to talk about this and show proof. But it's unbelievable that a, a you know fair and balanced talk show host on uh, on Fox News is 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 talking like this. Yeah, that is not going to be proven true. Yeah. 
Yeah. If you if you guys want to give us a talk, call and talk about this number again one nine one four six one three three one six six, or you can give Revere a call eight seven seven dash Revere zero is the number. Yeah. Uh, so give us give us a call. Let's let us know what you think about that turd and uh, and uh, anything else, man. But one but one thing I wanted to talk about in terms of Ron Paul, and a lot of people are trying to compare him to Ross Perot and stuff like that. Dude is not Ross Perot. No, it's Dude not. is not Ross Perot at home. And and here's the thing with Ross Perot. What Ross Perot basically put his own money into the mix, you know. So he was able to buy out. He was able to give himself enormous media coverage and also campaign like crazy with his own money, with the millions that he owned. All the money that's donated to Ron Paul is by people, poor people for the most part, actually, which is right. which is quite funny, you know. And another thing that's happening with with Ron Paul is literally the all the almost all the third party. Political political parties out there have put themselves on hold right now. The Constitution Party has literally put themselves on hold and is not running right now because they want to wait for what's going to happen to Ron Paul. They've actually endorsed Ron Paul, an entire political party putting themselves on hold for a Republican candidate. Also, the Libertarian Party has done the same thing too. Right. So this isn't this isn't a game, man. We're not screwing around. This is. This is this is what's happening. This is Ron Paul. Yeah, and this and is uh, the revolution. Absolutely, and the more success Ron Paul has, whether it's on TV or radio or over the internet especially, the more success Ron Paul has, the more you see this kind of resistance from the mainstream media. For example, uh, I have this article from the uh, this is the Free Market News Corp. This is the article I mentioned before. Sunday, New York Post blacks out Ron Paul. Um, even though Jeffersonian conservative presidential candidate Ron Paul has declared the media blackout of his candidacy over don't tell that to the editors of the New York Post. Uh, I want you folks to Google this. I'll read, I'll, I'll read a couple more paragraphs. But uh, the conservative paper owned by media mogul Rupert Murdoch has managed the feat of covering the Family Research Council's recent values voter, in quotes, presidential debate and ranking candidates according to their popularity with values voters without mentioning third place finisher GOP presidential contender Ron Paul. So those evildoers. Yeah, I mean, honestly, honestly, folks, it, 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 the more you see this happening, and the more uh, polls or, or debates Ron Paul wins, the more resistance from the mainstream media I think happens. And so instead of getting mad about it, I try to take a deep breath, and and, and I'm actually thankful that uh, firsthand all of us can see the the, the mainstream media openly against this man when they should never be. He's not against America. He's got a freedom of speech like any of the other candidates. I know he's anti-war, but uh, he's the only anti-war candidate, in fact. But sure enough, folks, um, there's definitely resistance in the mainstream media. Your thoughts, oh, yeah. Like I, was saying, like I was saying last week, they're, it, they're, the mainstream media is going to end up with egg on their face for this. Yeah, no doubt. Know? No because, doubt. Because they have, you know, you go to CNN right now, you go to the politics link, and you... Uh, and you look at the number, and it's just, it's just, it's just very funny. He's at one percent, and he's listed on the bottom. Yeah, I mean, and, and again, the bottom line here, folks, is that uh, Ron Paul is making a lot of waves, much more than Ross Perot ever could imagine, because of the internet. Yes, but more, more than that. And we actually, I think we have Rob Revere calling. Rob, are you there? Press seven to repeat this oh, menu. I don't think Rob's there. I think oh. he, maybe we hung up on him or so, maybe he hung up on himself. I think we, we have rumors here that Rob's calling, and we want to definitely take Rob's call. Um, but and, and and even more than that, I was actually stumbling on YouTube and trying to uh, you know just surf around, maybe get some more clips for the show. And sure enough, I stumbled upon a clip that I'm not going to play now, but it's this guy from Texas, uh, you know, calling Ron Paul a nut job and a loony and saying, you know, how could you vote for him? He's been a liberal for 30 years and blah blah blah. He calls Ron Paul a liberal. <laughs> yeah, he actually he actually calls Ron Paul a liberal. Uh, it, <laughs> 
yeah. I'm not really sure what's okay. I think we got Rob again. I'm not sure what's more funny. Uh, but right now we have Rob Revere. Rob, can you hear us? Yeah, I'm here. How you doing, Rob? I'm live on Revere Radio Network. What's shaking, big man? What's going on, brother? The animal farm. Wow. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> All right. Uh, you been drinking the Jim Beam again tonight, man? No, no. Actually, I haven't touched a Jim Beam. I actually, I went to dinner tonight, and uh, with my, my mother-in-law is in town, and uh, she comes once a year, and uh, she's in town right now. So, like all of the brothers and sisters on my wife's side of the family, including the spouses, which includes me. I uh, got together with the mother-in-law tonight, and all went out to one of the steak joints here locally, and uh, had a, a wonderful dinner. And uh, now they're all hanging out, but I came home to relieve the babysitter so that I wouldn't have to get stuck with pain for another hour babysitting. <laughs> and uh, as soon as I walked in the door, the first thing I did was like, "Oh, thank God, the kids are asleep. I'm putting on the animal farm. Mom, give me a kiss. I'll talk to you later." And I fucking sent my mom back. Nice. <laughs> Mr. Revere. For anybody that doesn't know, this is this is Rob Revere himself. This is the man who makes it possible, folks. Yaha. <laughs> the man that started Well, I'm not out. the only one that makes it possible. No. Uh, we do have to give a lot of credit where credit is due. Uh, Total Info, James, uh, as well as Guyman and Troy, uh, King Mob. Uh, these guys, they help me out. They're a great help. They actually keep the stream running. You know, it's actually been uh, probably about a good month and a half, two months, maybe even more than that, but I think it's only been about almost two months now. I haven't streamed anything on Revere Radio Network. They've done it all for me. And uh, so, I mean, without them, it wouldn't be possible at this time in my life. Yeah, man, it's so, it's great. They've, they've been great, man, in terms of uh, hooking us up and, and getting us on the stream and, uh, and just coordinating us f- with us, you know, for whenever we're taking you. over the stream. Yeah. Hey, this guy's rock, man. Uh, welcome back to Revere Effects. Tony, good to have you with us as well. Uh, Thank I mean, you. Folks, you, got, you guys are great. It, it, it's a great show. What uh, What have you been talking about tonight? As I, uh, You've been on the air for an hour and ten minutes, and I only caught like maybe the last three minutes before I called in. Uh, dude, we've been talking about everything under the sun. We, we talked about that uh, that psychotic HR 1955 bill that they're passing through. What's that? Talk to me. Oh my gosh, man, it's it's horrible. They're we basically got an issue in America. <laughs> they're t- they're turning us into thought criminals, bro. Oh yeah, absolutely. I would agree with that. I don't know really much about the HR 1955, but uh, I will agree with the statement that they're turning us into thought criminals. You know what? Have you seen Endgame yet? Yes, I have seen Endgame. Did you? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's on the front page of RevereRadio.net. But, oh, great. Uh, this kind of like goes along, and, and I've been really hyped up about this since I watched it last night because it's been a while since how it's shown has been able to like amaze me and make me say, "Wow, this is going to wake people up." I completely wow, agree. This is going to—I mean, the yeah, young people in in the, in the United States—if they get a hold of this and they're able to see this, and uh, you know, it stays away from 9/11 and, and and things of that nature, and gets more into the fact that. Yo, these folks want to kill us, and there ain't nothing that's going to stop them from killing us unless we fucking stand up and let the world know that they're trying to kill us before they try to kill us, even though they're already trying to kill us. But uh, I watched this movie last night, and uh, and I wanted to watch it again tonight, but there's this article that came out today in the Daily Mail, 
which is a, a United Kingdom, a UK paper, and uh, it says the human race was split into two different species. I'd like to send you a link to it. Maybe you can read a little bit of it. But Absolutely. basically, it talks about eugenics and uh, transhumanism and the things that Alex talked about mostly at the end of that new movie. That new movie. Well, listen, man. Uh, I where... saw I saw it last night for the first time, and it was I, I, this was one of the things that really uh, was something I was really curious about. One of the one of the few things that I haven't one of the few aspects that I really haven't studied in this entire Patreon movement was uh, was what that film was basically about and the the eugenics and stuff like that. And that was man, it was disturbing watching it. Now, I didn't get to watch. Very disturbing. Yeah, totally. I didn't get to watch the entire film. I actually was so late that I actually got it uh, downloaded and, and working and everything that I literally was just about to fall asleep. So I missed like the last half hour, forty five minutes, which obviously is probably the best part of the movie. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Once once it gets past, you know, the Bilderberger stuff, which is not bad information. That's good information. Yeah. I, I really think that, for instance, somebody could make an Endgame uh, second edition, which basically cuts out the Bilderberg stuff and goes directly to this eugenics and transhumanism. Or somebody should really make a movie in regards to this transhumanism movement and the eugenics movement. Because, I mean, it's outrageous. I sent you an article there, uh, like I was telling you, from the, uh, the Daily Mail, which talks about the human race within the next thousand years will split into two different species. Basically, uh, the elite, the article actually calls them the elite, which really just blew me away. But basically, uh, the, the two different races will be the rich elite, we can't get fooled again. Did we lose uh Oh, I think we lost Rob Revere there, and hopefully he'll call back. Thank you. Well, that's, Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that sucks. But that's really well, sucks. I, I got the article that he was talking about, and he, yeah, he's absolutely right. Human race will split into two different species, and this is being discussed on the uh, on the Daily Mail. Um, Drugs and I'll, alcohol. I'll start it off by saying uh, the human race will one day split into two separate species: an attractive, intelligent ruling elite and an underclass of dim-witted, ugly, goblin-like creatures, according to a top scientist. Oh my goodness! Holy yeah. crap! Let me let me say something. Yeah. Okay. I, well, yeah. Go what ahead. Do you, what do you go ahead, say? George. What do you think you? I, um, that's you. I don't want you to let me down again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I think uh, Rob. I think we got Rob back on the line. Rob, sorry about that. You can hear us. What, what happened? You know, it was Hello? like being a telemarketer and going for the clothes and come to find out the person hung up like three minutes ago and you've been talking to the wall the whole time. <laughs> no, no. We, we... <laughs> Hope, hopefully, Rob, hopefully we won't lose you again, but continue what you were talking about. Sorry about that. Well, where did you la where did I leave off well, before we, we got disconnected? We started reading this article here, and uh, I'm on the third paragraph here. Where uh. <laughs> the first paragraph basically states that they'll split into two separate races: an attractive, intelligent ruling elite and an underclass of dim-witted, ugly, goblin-like creatures. It's unbelievable. It's sick, but you know what? Like I said, if it weren't for watching that movie last night, this article wouldn't may not have even have popped out, and 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 I, I may not have had a subconscious uh, interest in even reading it. <laughs> but yeah. I really think that, and I wish that the uh, Endgame movie really went more into this. And I look forward to future investigations and future diggings up by fellow truthers in regards to this uh, whole transhumanism and uh, eugenics movement uh, that we seem to be moving into. 
I mean, I, you would have to agree with evolutionists these days, no matter whether you're a Christian or not, that uh, the next evolution of humanity will be the merging of technology with humans. And uh, it's, it's very, very scary. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Yeah, and for those of you who know uh, Alex Jones and listen to his radio show, yeah, I mean, he constantly talks about dehumanizing the population, and maybe it's no wonder that the middle class in America, in the United States of America, maybe it's no wonder that the... Uh, middle class is being phased out in almost every way, not to mention financially. Because now they're trying to give people the choice of, do you want to be upper class? Do you want to be on our team? Or do you want to be on the lower class? Do you want to be with the scum suckers? Yeah, you're either, with, the, yeah, you're either with the terrorists or you're, you're, you know, you're with us. So it's, uh, it's, it's amazing. And the more, the, more you, uh, the more you read and the more you research, folks, uh, the more you're going to find this out. And I know it's tough to believe for those of you who who haven't uh, done the research, I know it's difficult. It's it's not easy to accept, but the facts are there, and the, and the government documents are there, and the U.N. documents are yeah, there. Oh, you know what? I'm, let me just tell you something. Like last night, yesterday at work, I kind of broke the rules a little bit, and uh, and I was tuned in the Revere Radio Network, and I was listening to, to Alex Jones. And uh, and Alex was talking about Endgame is going to be released tonight at midnight. But for you PrisonPlanet.tv members, we're going to have it on the server at about 7 p.m. I was stoked. I knew that, oh, yes, I'm going to be able to download this. I got home. I found it, you know, uh, immediately on a torrent. 911 megabytes. That made me a little weirded out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that made me weirded out, too. That was 911 megabytes. But I, at least I found it on a torrent as soon as I got home from work. And by the time it was done downloading, it was 10 o'clock at night. I started watching it. It wasn't over until 1230. When I got up this morning, I checked Google video, and it wasn't even on there yet. And I was a little upset because I wanted to post it on a bunch of people's MySpace pages as comments. And uh, but I was really stoked about it. So when I got to work today, I I have today, I I have today, I I have today. I think uh, we're having some Skype problems here. Yeah. You've oh. got the documents. Yeah, you do. That sucks. But anybody that wants to watch Endgame can go to RevereRadio.net, um, and it's right on the homepage. And it was a very, very powerful movie. You can't really watch the movie and be like, and not be a little bit scared. Tiny bit scared, you know? <laughs> yeah, I actually haven't seen it yet, and I'm, I'm anxious to, and when I do, I, I'm definitely going to uh, probably ask you some questions, and then I'll give you, give you my take, but... Not only once, but twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's and the more you watch Alex Jones, and, and my personal recommendation would, would be to watch uh, Martial Law, 9-11 Rise of the Police State. We're up against a break right now, but when we come back, we'll definitely get Rob back on the phone, uh, hopefully, you know, and uh, we'll, yeah. we will talk to you soon. Listen to the Animal Farm Radio Show. Give us a call, 914-613-3166. We'll be right back after this break.
news, politics, rumors, rants, and debates. It's the worldwide home of free speech radio. RevereRadioNetwork.com. Total free speech, even when it's ugly. When the weapons of mass destruction thing turned out not to be true, I expected the American people to rise up. They didn't. Then, when the Abu Ghraib torture thing surfaced, and it was revealed that our government participated in rendition, a practice where we kidnap people and turn them over to regimes who specialize in torture, I was sure then the American people would be heard from. We stood mute. Then came the news that we jailed thousands of so-called terrorist suspects, locked them up, without the right to a trial or even the right to confront their accusers. Certainly, we would never stand for that. We did. And now, it's been discovered the executive branch has been conducting massive, illegal, domestic surveillance on its own citizens. You and me. And I at least consoled myself that finally, finally, the American people will have had enough. Evidently, we haven't. In fact, if the people of this country have spoken the messages, we're okay with it all. Torture, warrantless search and seizures, illegal wiretappings, prison without a fair trial, or any trial, war on false pretenses. We as a citizenry are apparently not offended. There are no demonstrations on college campuses. In fact, there's no clear indication that young people even seem to notice. Well. Melissa Hughes noticed. Now, you might think, instead of withholding her taxes, she could have protested the old-fashioned way, made a placard and demonstrated at a presidential or vice-presidential appearance. But we've lost the right to that as well. The Secret Service can now declare free speech zones to contain, control, and in effect, criminalize protest. Stop for a second and try to fathom that. At a presidential rally, parade or appearance. If you have on a supportive t-shirt, you can be there. If you're wearing or carrying something in protest, you can be removed. This in the United States of America, this in the United States of America, is Melissa Hughes the only one embarrassed? Mr. Shaw, that's a chair for witnesses only. Really long speeches make me so tired sometimes. Please get out of the chair. Actually, I'm sick and tired. Get out of the chair. And what I'm most sick and tired of is how every time somebody disagrees with how the government is running things, he or she is labeled un-American. Evidently, it's speech time. And speech in this country is free, you hack. Free for me, free for you, free for Melissa Hughes to stand up to her government and say, stick it. Objection. I object to government abusing its power to squash the constitutional freedoms of its citizenry. And God forbid anybody challenge it. They're smeared as being a heretic. Melissa Hughes is an American. Melissa Hughes is an American. Melissa Hughes is an American. Mr. Shaw, unless you have anything new and fresh to say, please sit down. You've breached the decorum of my courtroom with all this hooting. Last night, I went to bed with a book. Not as much fun as a 29-year-old. 
But the book contained a speech by Adelaide Stevenson. The year was 1952. He said, the tragedy of our day is the climate of fear in which we live. And fear breeds repression. Too often, sinister threats to the Bill of Rights, to freedom of the mind, are concealed under the patriotic cloak of anti-communism. Today, it's the cloak of anti-terrorism. Stevenson also remarked, it's far easier to fight for principles than to live up to them. I know we are all afraid. But the Bill of Rights, we have to live up to that. We simply must. That's all Melissa Hughes was trying to say. She was speaking for you. I would ask you now to go back to that room and speak for her. Listen to the Animal Farm here on Revere Radio Network. Call in number is 914 613 3166, or you can reach us 877 Revere Zero. We got Rob Revere back on the line here. Oh, no, we don't. No, we don't. <laughs> we have the infamous Phantom. Sorry about the uh, the call there. Folks. Hello? 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 Uh, hello? Hello? <laughs> and, uh, you know, just for people that are calling, just to let you know what the deal is, if you call in and. Um, and you uh, and you can't hear us or anything. Just be patient. We'll tap you through, and everything will be cool. Yeah, as long as you call in and you hear the show, folks, that means you're on. Just give us some time to introduce you. So this is just kind of a, a growing pain thing. But hopefully Rob will call back, and he had some really interesting things to say. Yeah. So. On the side note, I have Rob Revere's theme song here that I want to play. Oh yeah, if, yeah, absolutely. Why don't we do that? That's that's something I forgot about. <laughs> it's so funny. It's the man. best. <laughs> the best. He ever. is he is super Rob. <laughs> Rob Revere. Rob Revere. You have the, uh, the I'm it's, George it's, W. It's, it's Bush. getting queued up right Thank now. Thank you, George. We appreciate that, George. Cool, cool, cool. George W. Thank you, George. So we're waiting for uh, Rob to call. <laughs> Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Rob Revere. Yes, it's Rob Revere. Strange visitor from another planet who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Rob Revere. Who can change the course of mighty rivers, bend steel in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth. Justice and the American way. <laughs> yes, wonderful. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and let me just say, this has been uh, a <laughs> wonderful job on the soundboard. It's uh, it's it's a great honor to be able to do this. So we we definitely are thankful to Rob. So thank yeah, you, Rob. Thank you, Rob. And and 
thanks to King Mob and, and everybody like that, King Mob and Gaiman and uh, Total Info for just running the stream and everything like that and uh, keeping Revere Radio alive. It's it's a great format. It's awesome. We're all thugs pretty much, or, we, or we're looked at as thugs here on Revere Radio. For sure. Uh, I don't know why, uh, but... <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but, yeah. So uh, just to remind everybody, if you do want to check out Endgame, the uh, movie that's pretty much about eugenics and uh, the elites the elite basically trying to... Uh, uh, phase us out or trying to turn us into genetically alter us and basically killing 85 to 90 percent of us uh go to revereradio.net and check out the uh the movie endgame or or crikey you could go to prisonplanet.com and buy it you certainly could you could and it'll be in dvd quality because it's really actually good it's it's very high high production value and it's and it's it's uh flows together very nicely it's definitely alex jones's best film by far I have to, like I said, I have to see it, but every time I see one of his films, every new film uh, has better production value, and uh, all of you listening, I'm sure, have heard of Alex Jones, and his films are great, and uh, definitely check them out. So um, in the meantime, if we don't get Rob back, once again, thanks for the call, and we appreciate that. I do want to do a follow-up. Last week, we did uh, have King Mob call in, and he gave us an update on the Ed and Elaine Brown situation. And, oh, I think Rob is calling. This might be Rob. Rob, can you hear us? Yeah, absolutely. Sorry about that, buddy. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. What am I going to say? Hello? <laughs> Hello? 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 Yeah. Oh, I'm here. So, then, so, so, so what was, like, you know, he went into the whole 80 to 90% of us are going to be, like, vanished. What was his, what were some of the evidence that he stated for that in, uh, in Endgame? Well, you know, he he really really focused on, and it was more towards the end of the of, of the film. He focused on the transhumanism movement and the eugenics movement. And there have been some very prominent scientists and wealthy elite people who have come out and uh, uh, and written books and papers and whatnot in regards to uh, transhumanism. And what I was speaking of was, I mean, when you think about evolution, which is something that I'm actually, uh, uh, that I actually disagree with, uh, you, you have to think though, even though there's no, uh, country on the other side of the world where there's apes turning into humans, uh, before our very eyes, we can see where people are so easily accepting a, uh, technology being molded and melded into their lives and into their bodies, integrated into their bodies, such as the chip and what have you. That's just uh, the beginning of it on a very, very small scale. I mean, if you go beyond just the, the chip, think about these new chips that come out that help blind people to be able to see or uh, by implanting microphones into someone's ear, you can make the deaf people now hear. This molding and, and uh, this conjoining of humans with uh, technology is the next evolution of uh, humanity in the eyes of the elite. And those that refuse to embrace it will be the ones that are exterminated. I mean, would you agree or disagree? And can you see any of this coming to fruition? Well, yeah, man, I I I, I agree, and the, one of the reasons that I agree is because I was reading a a, a paper by a pretty well known futurist. I forget his name at the at the moment, but he was talking about um, how they're discovering the way discovering a way right now to be able to download basically your consciousness and put it into an actual computer and then be able to save it over time, so you're li- essentially immortal. Wow. 
Yes, your consciousness would be immortal because then it could be implanted into another human being in the future, and uh, your consciousness will then live on. It could be downloaded by a new human. Exactly. Uh, and therefore, you may not be in the same body, but uh, you, as, let's say, the central processor and hard drive uh, of your body, of your consciousness, will then be downloaded uh, into another body. And in uh, that right there, I mean, in, in essence, is immortality, is it not? Yeah, I mean, eventually, essentially it's basically sort of like demon possession almost, where you're wandering the planet looking for another host body to encapsulate and do it, do whatever you will with. It's totally freaky. And, you know, and, and what's going to happen, it's like almost like a, a vampire, you know? You're going to suck the blood of somebody of, of somebody and kill somebody just to stay alive. Yeah, like we always say on this show, it's the, the, the news that gets reported, and the more you do research on uh, the documents underneath the... Um the tablecloth, so to speak, the more stuff you realize it's right. it's science fiction coming true. But I actually have a question for someone who didn't see the film Endgame and uh, actually want both your responses. What was the general idea? Um, what is the motive? Because I know Alex hinted and, and often hints uh, during his show on GCN about the motive being some something along the lines of that they found like the fountain of youth or some kind of way to live on. Is this what you guys are talking about? I mean, what is the motivation at the root level of why this is all happening. Why are they doing this? Okay, well, absolutely. I mean, obviously, uh, us as imperfect people uh, cannot live forever. Those uh, that believe in creation understand why we don't live forever. And uh, other than, you know, living forever after in the afterlife or what have you. But uh, the article that you were reading from the Daily Mail about the human race splitting into two different species uh, a thousand years down the road uh, explains it, you know, actually uh, pretty well. I mean, just think about it. If you could live to be 120, 150 years old uh, compared to today, living to be 70 or 80 years old, I mean, you'd want to do it. And if the only way... To be able to live that extra 40 or 50 years would be to have uh, technology merged with your humanity. I mean, there's a lot of people that would sacrifice that. There's a lot of people that are uh, that 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 are that fear death and fear the afterlife because there's so many unanswered questions about it and there's so much you don't know about it. There's a reason to be afraid of it. And and when you think about, when you hear that the elite have found the fountain of youth, well, they may have found the fountain of youth, but they haven't found a way to live forever. But they found life extension technology. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. They have found life extension technology, and uh, in my opinion, I would rather die a free man than die a slave implanted with this life extension technology, which, yeah, so what, it makes me live a couple, uh, a few more years, but in reality, it just makes me uh, a consumer for a few more years. It makes me a, a worker for a few more years. Yeah. It makes me a productive person for the state and for the party for a few more years versus being a free human being who lived and died uh, his own way in the way that uh, God wants. I, yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more, Rob. And the bottom line with me and 
Uh, I'm sure I'll be uh, repeating this one a lot of times, but I will not take the chip. I've done some research into it. Uh, you can look up uh, Applied Digital. I believe they recently merged with uh, Digital Angel a couple of days ago. These are the companies, uh, one of, I'm sure, many companies which are behind the implantable microchip. I think they're passing it initially uh, off as a, a health benefit so that if you go in for the doctor and your health records can be on this chip. The bottom line, folks, and, and whether you read the Bible and whether you have read Revelations and you want to make the correlation between that, it, it's, it doesn't matter. The bottom line here is that they want you chipped and they want to uh, they want to have the ability to track you. So um, we're up against the break right now. And uh, well, actually, no, we're not. I think that's just uh, that's Python soundboard. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the, a- the evil empire. That's very appropriate. <laughs> Alex's music. <laughs> here's a here's a question for both of you. And this and this is sort of I guess making it a, a little bit tougher. What do you guys think about you know prosthetic legs and stuff like that? Does this is is this a, a line being drawn Can I go or? First? Can I go first? Yeah, go for it. Go ahead. Okay. All right, my grandfather passed away when I was about nine years old, and when he died, he was missing both of his legs and two of his fingers. He walked around on crutches with two prosthetic legs. For most of my first nine years, he actually walked around with one prosthetic leg and one real leg. Unfortunately, alcoholism and diabetes took a toll on him where he lost both of his lower extremities as well as a couple of fingers. And... uh and, and, and I applaud something like artificial limbs. Uh, artificial limbs, uh, if it, as long as it doesn't infringe on someone's freedom, but maybe gives them more. And when I think about my grandfather, and I think about being a young boy and my grandfather coming down from Connecticut and staying with us, and when he was sleeping, me taking his leg out of the room and bringing it into my room and scaring the shit out of my little brother with it. <laughs> I mean, I swear to you, I mean, those times are priceless. Yeah. But think about the fact that if it wasn't for those prosthetic legs, my grandfather may not have made it to an AA meeting that he, that he really needed. Uh, so we didn't have to pick up a drink to maybe uh, drink his misery uh, of losing his limbs away. You know what I mean? His, those legs gave him freedom. Uh, somebody who uh, is in a you know a horrible car accident yet is a, a basketball player. You know, just think about it. They lose their legs in a horrible accident. That doesn't mean their freedom to play basketball has to be taken away. Yeah, I mean, regardless whether you can play basketball with prosthetic legs or not, I mean, you, you see what I'm saying. There have been soldiers who have lost their legs and still have gone on to become uh, golden knights and, and jump out of fucking airplanes. And, and so, you know what? There's a fine line that, how about, that, that needs Rob, to be drawn. Rob, how There's about, a fine line that needs to be drawn. I think where you draw the line is where you say to yourself, does this infringe on my freedom and, and my innate, my inalienable, inalienable human rights as a human being given to me by my creator? Does this infringe on me or will I be, will I be more freer by doing this? When you think about the technology and what kind of a uh, a result it would have in the end in regards to your freedom, there's a fine line that, that that's drawn between them. I mean, how about how about the right to live though? I mean, does that if you're downloading your consciousness into a computer, does that extend your right to live? See, and, and you know what? And I would be against that. You know, I live in a place called Pinellas Park, 
which is like the biggest redneck place you could ever be. Yeah, it's still a beautiful town, and, and it's, it's... Anyway, we were put on the map because of Terry Schiavo. Terry Schiavo, where she died and where they pulled her feeding tube out, the hospice center, I'm telling you, is literally four blocks from my house. I could walk there. It's that close. And uh, and, and I would, I'm going to be the first to say to you that I'm against the technology that would allow someone to upload their consciousness to a mainframe and then download it into another body or into a or into a computer or into a robot or something of that nature to live on forever. When it's your time to go, it's your time to go. I th- I mean, yeah, I agree. Honestly, Rob, I think we all I think we all see eye to eye. I think it's a it's a difficult issue, and I think when you're talking about the technology, most of which we don't actually know exists. I mean, because it's not really out there in the mainstream press. I think it's difficult to to have this kind of debate because of the fact we don't know. I mean, we we you and I and and Ben and Piath, you know, we do our research. We know the kind of expectation we can have out of the government and the booth. right. We know, but we don't know. Right. And the reason we exactly. don't know is because think about the pyramid structure. Think about the mafia, the Sopranos, the pyramid structure. All of the money and all of the technology and everything that's beneficial rolls up the pyramid while the shit rolls downhill to us humans. Right. They, they have technology that they're not informing us about. They have technology that they're planning on using against us. They have technology that they're planning on using to keep them alive longer and to keep them in power longer. And that's what it really boils down to. How long can they stay in power and how long can they keep you producing as a consumer and a worker for them during their lifespan? I think the big question... It's more beneficial for them that you outlive them because, I mean, obviously you're producing the goods you're producing the services. You're the consumer. You're spending the money. I mean, so it's, and I think it's more beneficial for the elite to have us alive longer than it is for them. But right. then you could see the very opposite point of that as well. Well, one, it's, it's actually funny, you know. One of, one of the it's funny that you say that because one of the things that Mao Zedong had made fun of Hitler for was because he killed all of them. He said that they had they sh- he should have worked his people to death. He shouldn't have killed the Jews. He should have worked them to death. Should have kept them alive. Yeah, and the other thing too, Rob, I think a lot of people that I talk to, and even myself in a lot of ways, I think the big question when, we, when we're talking as deep as what we're talking about right now, we're really kind of delving below many layers. I think the ultimate question that most people are going to have who would even entertain this discussion based on what they know is who are they? Who are the people that are pulling the strings? <laughs> and, and you know what I'm talking about, and, and we, we can have this discussion offline, but for the listeners and for the people who are who are tuning in, who would you say? Because my my answer, I'm not, honestly, I'm not even sure. I could name some groups, but at the same time, who do you really think is responsible at the top of the pyramid? Well, you know what? I will say that I'll answer this question to you as honestly as I can. Number one, and most importantly, you've already heard me say that uh, I think that maybe some of the Bilderberg shit in that movie could have been cut down a little bit. Yep. Okay, but then. That answers your question right there. Who are they? Who are the elite? Who are the ones that are planning on exterminating any percent of humanity? Who are those that have the life extension technology and can live an extra 40 or 50 years? Well, I think Alex points it out right at the beginning of the movie, and, uh, very plain and clear for you. 
uh, and then he goes into how they're going to do it with the transhumanism and with the eugenics. Does does that answer your question? Yeah, and I th- absolutely, Rob, and I, I'm glad you um, you answered it. And I think I mean, the biggest thing that frustrates me when I talk to people who are remotely uh, informed about what's going on or even give a damn about what's going on is, you know, they, they blame things on George Bush. And, and, you know, we have to start thinking outside the, the, the lines of scrimmage here. Let's really start looking at the facts and let's stop blaming George W. Bush. George W. <laughs> Thank you, George. You know, obviously George is on our show all the time and we're good friends with him, but let's stop blaming him for all the problems. It's 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 unbelievable that George Bush it's much bigger than that and uh, I don't have all the answers folks and I wish I wish I did and I wish I could prove Uh, but I'm glad Rob I'm glad you brought this topic up because this is the kind of thing where you know uh, this is the trap that liberalism falls under this is the trap that the Democrats fall under when you talk to someone about politics or someone who's a Democrat they'll often say oh the government's incompetent George Bush and Dick Cheney are incompetent bullshit no way the government is very competent and they have a plan and I'm not sure if it's actually our own US government but certainly there are people and players involved above at the top level. I just don't know who they are. No, I mean there are absolute yeah. there are absolute factions that are controlling our government. Uh, elements of the military industrial complex, uh, banking for the most part is the king of the jungle. Um, you know, you see, you you hear names like Rockefeller and Rothschild. These are these are extremely powerful names that really control an awful lot and have controlled a lot throughout history. And Endgame touches upon that. Um, but you know, it, it's it's funny. Ron Paul, you know, they had sort of asked Ron Paul about this, and Ron Paul had stated that there was about about ten thousand people or so that he felt were kind of elites, and they sort of wanted to bring the rest of the world, and they they sort of had this control mechanisms that controlled the entire world, and they wanted to bring the rest of us into slavery, which is you know I I find to be pretty accurate. How about you, Rob? Yeah, I, and I agree with that as well. Uh, guys, I want to thank you for having me on to discuss this. This is a very deep subject that, like I said, uh, when I first put the movie on and it was two two hours and 20 minutes, I was like, wow, this was long for a documentary. And then, and, and the reason why it's long, it should have been longer. There's so much more to go into. And we're going to watch as humanity evolves and how God has taken, I mean, I know and not everybody believes in God, and I'm sorry if you're offended, but this is the worldwide home of free speech, and this is my opinion and what I have to say. We're going to see, in the, you know, within the next 50 years, and you guys, you're, we're 30 years old, so our lifespan is 80 years. So between now and the time we die, we're going to see this technology being incrementally uh, put into our our, our society more and more and become more and more accepted and, re- and receptive. You know, today my child came home from school and was telling me about these quizzes he was taking on the computer. And, uh, and then my wife asked me a question about computer. or no, my son then asked me about computers when I was a kid. And I said, yeah, you know, when I was uh, your age, we had an Apple computer in the classroom. And what I was talking about was an Apple IIe that you put one of these big, you know, four by four inch floppy disk in. And anyway, my son says, oh yeah, those are Macs. 
It was the I yeah, it was the IBM I, I remember Robin, absolutely. I think um we we actually got the IBM PC with two floppy drives and you know, we were the coolest kids on the block because of it. And Did you play Oregon Trail? Yeah, Oregon Trail and then you know, then there was the Apple computer and, and think about and, it. Think about having an iPod implanted in your body where all you have to do is plug your USB into your shoulder or something or plug it into your chest. Right. And then download all of the songs you want. And then you don't even need earbuds to even listen to them. That's ah, shit. When I was a kid, they were ear, oh, yeah. earphones. Now they're earbuds. But, I mean, you don't even need them. You won't even need them. you just be able to listen to everything in your cranium kind sure. of subconsciously through this implanted technology. Well, they Rob. make it cool. They make it seem like something that you got to, I mean, that... that well, right. Here's here's the thing, man. It's, it's really scary. No, it's and it's, it's scary. It's, Change is always scary. No, no matter who you are or what's going on, whether you're just moving to another house or to a new job, change is always scary. But when it's on this grand scale, and when they're using things, these socialist movements, such as this global warming movement and things of that nature, to get people to forcibly accept these new procedures and policies and these new technologies and uh, I mean it, it just blows me away and it's sad people need to see this movie and they need to wake up to to, 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 to what's going on here in the future I think somebody else needs to come out with another movie to touch base on just this all together and why and how and what and, and, and to answer all the questions for us well yeah absolutely man and 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 here's the thing you know when you talk about biological ad- additions and stuff like that you're you're literally talking about like the Borg from Star Trek you know <laughs> it's, it's just it's just like that hold on Pyatt's Pi- Pi- got a clip on the board here Oh, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I, I gotta tell you the truth. I mean, resistance I've, is futile. Yeah, ever since 2000 and uh, I say 2004, 2005, I've been talking to a lot of people, and, and I make it a point whether I'm at a party or I'm at a bar or I'm at a gathering, whatever. I always try to talk to people, and I I try to feel people out for what they know and for what they believe, especially obviously in the realm of politics. And, you know, when talking about this kind of thing, you can easily lose people. In fact, I'm sure there's some people listening who are just kind of scratching their heads saying, wow, you know, what the hell are they talking about? Where's Rasta? And, 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 and that's okay. And that's mm-hmm. fine. And I, I think it's important. But at the same time, uh, I also think that technology, first off, is a double-edged sword because it, it can help us because we're having this show right now on the radio, and it's due to technology, yes. But at the same oh, time, yeah. but at the same time, the technology that we don't know about, that the elite, for example, uh, the unnamed elite, uh, the technology they have, it can certainly work against us. And just the crowd control technology, the weapons that they can use um, alone, uh, is scary if you if you research it. And this is just mainstream stuff. So think about the new IDs that are coming out with should- in them that you know you, you, when you go to buy a pack of cigarettes they 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 swipe your ID card and if uh, and at any time the government could turn that chip in the card off and the clerk you know the little zit faced nineteen year old clerk behind the counter says I'm sorry sir I can't give you these marbles your ID has been shut off yeah. remember uh, idiocracy when the dude went to the hospital hey man where's your tattoo man oh he's unscathed uns- Alert, alert, alert. I mean, think about that. I mean, we're not yeah. very far 
far from that. Well, listen, Rob, Rob, it's uh, yeah, it's 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 definitely a freaking scary situation, man. We're coming up on a break here, man. Um, and, thank you for having me, guys. Yeah, man, thanks for coming on and and breaking it down to us, bro. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the Animal Farm here on the Revere Radio Network. We will be right back. of the media. Who can you trust? Just when you think there is no hope alive, you find out that there is an alternative news source to turn to. Revere Radio Network, keeping the dream of sovereignty and freedom alive for all. Revere Radio Network. All right, so welcome back to the Animal Farm Show. Uh, we are almost out of time, but first of all, I'd like to thank Rob Avere. That was a really good call. And, and for those of you who um, you know, listened to it and might have been a little bit lost, we're going to play some clips from Alex Jones's uh, recent film, Next Show. But uh, sure enough, there, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on, folks, and we try to cover as much of the spectrum as possible. Um, but perhaps next week we'll get into some of the more deep details. But for those of you who called, and we actually did receive some calls while we were interviewing Rob, we're sorry that we missed your calls. Uh, call back in the next couple of minutes, and we'll take them. If not next week, uh, maybe we can designate uh, maybe 30 minutes just for for open calls. So cool. we definitely we, we want to hear from you. And uh, unfortunately, we <laughs> I think we got about four or five calls while Rob was on the phone. So maybe next week we could do some conference calls or whatnot. But sure enough, um, thanks for the calls first off, and thanks for Rob uh, for calling in and giving us that information. Well, I mean the the thing is is that. It's it's almost frustrating having this sh- the show here because it's like you you can talk a lot about these things and we got somewhat deep into this conversation but it's never enough. I mean it is it, there are encyclopedias books you know thousands millions of thoughts and pages that you can't really portray in just two hours of radio. So I strongly encourage everybody that's you know maybe new to this and that doesn't understand what we're thoroughly talking about to go and listen to other shows listen to revere radio all the time listen to you know ross and Gnostic, listen to king mob listen to the guy man and all the other great hosts total info and everything uh l- listen up you know listen to alex jones if you want and, and stuff like that and 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 really just awaken yourself and take in the knowledge because it is it's fascinating not only is it fascinating but it's entertaining i mean it's it's, it's like and not only that but it makes you a better person too the, yeah. the, the more knowledgeable you are, the the more you realize history and the way that tyrants oppress people, and you and you really just get this this feeling for life and this kindness towards other towards your fellow man that you just you can't really describe. You can only you can yeah. only feel it. 
Yeah, and if nothing else, you, everybody you, loves you, and so do I. Yeah, God, yeah, God bless you, George. <laughs> and, and if nothing else, I mean, when you, uh, you know, I always say that acknowledgement is the first step to anything, especially when talking about politics. Most people just will say, "No way, it can't happen. It's impossible," and I just won't believe it. But once you acknowledge um, the inevitable, once you understand what's going on, or at least when you accept fact for fact, and you don't say it's fiction. Then you're you're on a different level, and I, I usually find that people will do more and more research every day and, and try to inform themselves because there's so much. I I thought I was informed about six months ago, and I realized you know after talking maybe to Ben or other people that there's so much more for me to learn. So, you know, we're all in this together, and we wanna you know we wanna make this whole country and this world a better place. It's not just about our own country, but there's a lot of stuff going on out there, and yeah, um, you know, I mean, get, yeah, yeah. We as human beings are really are are. are so far ahead of where we actually thought we were going to be in terms of our evolution. I mean, if you look at if you look at Star Trek, we're approaching Star Trek level things right now. You know, I mean, we may not be able to navigate in space, uh, you know, just yet, but we are approaching, you know, certain certain evolutions in our in our in our way of thought and our way of thinking um, that is that's really like you know beyond the Star Trek universe. Almost the Borg almost looks primitive compared to stuff that we're looking at right now in technology-wise, right. you know? And, uh, I am Locutus, <laughs> a Borg. <laughs> Absolutely, and, you know, again, I, I understand that uh, for those of you who are maybe new to some of the stuff that's going on, at least stuff that we're talking about, it's tough to it's tough to accept, and I'm not saying it's easy. None of us are saying that, oh, yeah, it's, it's just it's obvious. But listen, I mean, you know, don't um, don't... Don't refuse it because it's just not believable. I mean, stuff that that's going on, and like I said, perhaps next week we can talk about some of this really deep stuff more in detail, and hopefully maybe Rob can call back. But uh, it is what it is, and we're just here to to give you our information, our opinions, especially, and to, uh, obviously to to get you on the line and, and to ask you some questions about what you think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I think the the number one most important thing that I can think of, you know, in terms of just the the general aspects of life and the lessons of life is to be open-minded to absolutely anything weigh the evidence put yourself in the juror seat and uh, uh you know look at things but don't shut anything down because you can't psychologically accept accept it yeah. that's that's a cop-out you're a weak human being you're morally yeah. weak if you do that you're a moral coward if you do that yeah it it, it, it appalls yes. me yeah it appalls me how many times i'll talk to friends best friends people i've known for 20 plus years uh you know people that you know well they know you you know them uh, yada 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 but when you talk to them and you try to talk to them regarding politics when you're not talking about sport or, or bars or you know the, the usual crap it's amazing how in my opinion how intellect breaks down out of absolutely nowhere you, you try to show them a fact about something let's say 9-11 for example or the Bilderberg group or something that goes on deep in government and the intellect breaks down inevitably it's unbelievable how the smartest people that I've talked to in my life the people that have taught me the most when I speak to them about government it seems like their their IQ drops from 170 to 7 and it's not that I, I don't know everything I know very little in my opinion but at the same time folks there's certain things you just cannot avoid there's certain facts you have to acknowledge acknowledgement is the first step to anything yeah I was uh, my boy we're pilgrims in an unholy land <laughs> I was uh, I was talking to my girlfriend uh, who's who's in the house hospital right now. Yes. Everybody's hey, saving. baby. Get better, Jill. Get better. <laughs> Send your prayers uh, to her. Um, and uh, I was talking to her, and I was just talking to her about how you know literally dumb we are compared to what what we used to be, and how you have to look at you have to look at the, you know books from the from the 1776 and grab a dictionary to do it. So absolutely. Well, yeah. 
this has been a great show, and uh, hopefully they're just going to get better. And for all of you, for all the calls we missed, we apologize. Next week, give us a ring. Uh, this it's is over, the Animal Jenny. Farm Radio Show. It's thanks over. to Piath and thanks to Rob and Ben, and we'll see you guys next week. Take care. Thank you.